Sick of the perpetual election cycle? Tell these politicians to F off with the Bubble Genius F off half off sale on all political stuff. Get a hope on a rope or a vote soap for half off. And F off to Mitt Romney, whose nope on a rope soap is being discontinued. And half off Secretary of Suds. Sorry to see you go, Hillary. Get him while supplies last. We're We're Bubble Bubble Genius and we definitely approve this message. BubbleGenius.com The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. What would you do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? What would you do if asked to make the ultimate sacrifice? Would you think about all them people who gave up everything they had? Would you think about all them war vets and would you start to feel bad? Freedom isn't free. It costs folks like you and me. We don't all chip in We'll never pay that bill Freedom isn't free No, there's a hefty f***ing fee And if you don't throw in your buck five Who will? Ooh, buck Freedom costs a buck Live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. This is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. You can read about it tomorrow or possibly see it tonight. But with radio, you get it now and get it right. Is this Tagus 3? I doubt there are many oak trees on Tagus. No. I think this is supposed to be Earth. Somewhere around about the 12th century. And this is England, or to be more precise. Sherwood Forest at least cues recreation of it. That will explain these costumes. Quite right, number one. Or should I say, John Little. Well, if he's Little John, that makes you... I know. Robin Hood, sir. I protest. I am not a merry man. The following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. It is Thursday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2013. And this is the the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. I'm Bob. That's Chez. We're brought to you each and every week by uh, BubbleGenius.com. Best damn soap and bath and body products you could ever possibly desire. Uh, We're also brought to you by the uh, uh, BobSeska.com Amazon link. It's right there under the logo. You can see it. It says Amazon link in big capital letters. You can't miss it. What happens is if you click that link, you go to the front page of Amazon. Say you're wanting to do some shopping at Amazon. You just click that uh, that Amazon link. And what happens is, is because you've gone through the blog... We get a little cut of that, whatever you buy. So you go there and you buy a bunch of stuff, and we get a little very, very, very small cut. I think think the amount of time I spend actually talking about it is the the equivalent to the amount of money that we get. So So how are you doing, Chess? I'm all right. Good. 
Yeah. I uh I'm I'm having I'm having one of those days where I'm angry at the world, like the entire huh. world. That's why I played that Star Trek thing with Worf saying, I protest I am not a merry man. Because I am not a merry man today. Hmm. What's first. up your ass this week? Uh, the Huffington Post comment section. <laughs> <laughs> On what piece? I well, I first uh, of all, wait before even before even ask it. What a ridiculous question I just asked. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Huffington Post peanut gallery is the Huffington Post peanut gallery. I uh, I wrote a daily banter column this week. It was at the beginning of the week called "No, Obama is not worse than Bush on national security." It was sort of Ooh, a and you and you cross posted that over at Huffington. Yes. Oh, I can I can only imagine <laughs> the firebagging insanity that that drew. Yeah, it's not only firebagging insanity; it is all varieties of insanity. I'm getting it from the right. I'm getting it from the left. You know, I'm getting it from hippies. Of course, I'm, you know. I mean, just like it. Th- there's just there's no reasoning with anyone. I mean, here I I mean in this piece, I I I laid out. My point of view on targeted killing of American citizens and drones, just it, briefly and linked back to my more extended piece about that, where in which I said, we have to repeal the AUMF, the Authorization for Use of Military Force, that's giving the president all of these extra powers right. in the war on terror. We have to get rid of that. And if we don't, then we have to seriously regulate how drones and these targeted killings are working. Because if it's going to go on and on and on, the president just can't have, I don't care what, who the president is, he just can't continue to have these extra constitutional powers. But that's not good enough. That's no, not good not. enough for the left. I have to scream baby killer in order to be good yeah. enough for the left. And then I, uh, I, I kind of, I mean, the whole idea of the piece was to kind of compare and contrast Barack Obama and, uh, and George W. Bush. God, that's gonna... and, the di- and the differences are night and day. Uh, they just, yeah, you know, I don't care. I don't care whether you're a fan of, uh, you know, or not a fan of uh, Barack Obama, and you're, you know, you're not a fan of him from the left. It's just saying that he is worse than Bush or the same as Bush is is it should immediately make your opinion worthless. It's intellectually dishonest. It's and 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 to the extreme. All right. This, I mean, there's not, I, I, it's, it's remarkable to me that we even have to have this conversation because there's no similarity between these two presidents. None. You know, I don't even know, I, I have no idea where to even begin to enumerate all of the differences between these two presidents. But because of the fact well, that, you, don't, you, you know, that was one of those things that's, that's self-evident. Yeah, it really is. You don't have to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm beginning to discover, too, that it's a no-win situation because, you know, w- even presenting that argument a lot opens you up for, well, here we, we have to – he's not as bad as Bush? Well, that's a low bar. You know, for God's yeah, sake. It's, it's, a no-win, it's a no-win situation. And, and I mean, I, when I read that piece for, of yours in Banter, I just thought, I'm like, you know – you're gonna you're gonna get crap for it, and and posting it over at Huffington. I mean, you know the way I treat the stuff that I put, you know, that I uh, put up over at HuffPost. Mm-hmm. I I usually, especially if it's something that that turns out to be 
I don't want to say controversial, but I mean something where I know I'm going to get even a minor amount of crap, usually from the left. Occasionally, you know, you'll get it from the right these days because it seems like there are so many right wing trolls over there. Um, but I mean, I, I revel in it. I love it. I mean, every yeah. time I post something that I really don't think is all that, you know, in my mind, it's not all that controversial. And it, you know, it draws this massive fire from the left over there. I just I compile all the best comments and I put them up on the blog like two days later. Well, I'm yeah, like, eh, look at this. I mean, you know what? I, I kind of unfairly singled out the Huffington Post because this is really not entirely indicative of the Huffington Post comment section. This is something that I'm encountering all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, and the blog. It was on, on the Daily Banter. It was a big extended comment discussion there when I initially posted the piece. It's, yeah. it's everywhere, and it's, it just does not make any GD sense to me. I mean, for God's sake, George W. Bush. You know how many? It was at least 30,000 American soldiers wounded or killed, at least in Iraq. A war that did not even have to happen. In fact, Rachel Maddow has got a great documentary coming up about that. I think it's called Hubris. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, that just, that's the, the tip of the iceberg. And then there are all varieties of other awfulness, you know. So, like, Tina Brown was on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher last Friday. I, ca- I caught it last night. Yeah. And she said, uh, she said Obama would be impeached by now on drones if he were George W. Bush. No, he wouldn't. George Bush wasn't impeached for all the crap he did. If this were what an, what an asinine thing to say, yeah. and and certainly uh, something that does not surprise me, coming from Tina Brown. Yeah. If this were a Republican president, the outcry about drones would be far greater. She said. And you know what? For me, you know what? It probably would. You know why? Because of all of the other stuff. Because of the context of George W. Bush. All of the terrible foreign policy decisions. All of the disasters that we encountered. All yeah, of the- I think if we had drones along with every other thing that he did, yeah, the context would matter. But I've said more on more than one occasion, you know, when I, I, I always love it when I get called sociopathic and all that. Because I've said a bunch of times, I just don't give a crap about drones. I understand, you know, I acknowledge the seriousness of the subject. I acknowledge certainly the dangers of doing what we're doing, the long-term dangers. Um, But I just, I can't get incredibly worked up about it. And one thing that I've made really, really clear is I I mean it when I say I would feel that way, even if it were a Republican presidency. If, Mm -hmm. if If there were a Republican ex in office right now, and foreign policy wise, he or she was doing every single thing that Barack Obama has done, I would not care one bit if you told me that we were waging a, a, a drone campaign overseas and that, you know, we had killed Anwar al-Awlaki yeah. or, or, you know, whatever other American who would, you know, had taken up arms against this country and joined al-Qaeda. Really, you do that, screw you. I, I could care less what happens to you. Yeah. Well, George W. Bush uh, was president when, um, you know, there were two targeted killings of American citizens, at least, that we know of, that we're aware of. Uh, have to bear in mind that this is the George W. Bush administration. And uh, those two people, Kamar, Kamal Derwish and Ahmed Hijazi, both American citizens. One was killed by a drone strike in Yemen, and the other was killed by a Hellfire missile. <laughs> targeted. It was all targeted, mm. and they're American yeah. citizens. Oh well, under George W. Bush, you know. But that, I mean, that—that's 
that's part and parcel of all of these other things. The Patriot Act, you know, the, the invasion and occupation of Iraq, uh, the, the, the long list of domestic policies that were terrible. You know. <laughs> it, it all adds up. So, yeah. So, would I be pissed if it was George W. Bush doing this stuff? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> because you know what? I, I, I wouldn't be pissed about the... Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be pissed about, you know, if you told me, look, I we took out Anwar al-Awlaki. He's an American citizen, um, and he's fighting for al-Qaeda. And, you know, and all the independent stuff that I'd read about Anwar Halaki basically said to me, yeah, you know what? He's a, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, even if it were Bush, I don't, I just don't think I'd feel all that bad. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, you know, and I said it just a second ago, context absolutely matters. And I, I think I would question it more if it were Bush because yeah. it just, it would be one more thing. You're right. But overall that just, that act killing a uh, uh, um, you know, the, the drone program in general, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Well, it's I mean, not something it, it, that freaks me out. Again, you have to look at it in the context, not only of who the president is and what else he's doing, but then you also have to put it in the context of history. What have other presidents done? What's the, what's the precedent for this? I mean, I, I, I've probably talked about it on a podcast. I know I've written about it a lot, but FDR firebombed the city of Tokyo with incendiary bombs. It's, it was a paper city. During World War II, scores of Japanese citizens. This was a direct attack on Japanese civilian populations. Right. With firebombs. Well, because the, the I mean, nature of like, war has changed for us. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that this just wasn't a bombing. This was a bombing that was intended to uh, make them burn, like to, to literally terrify them. Yeah. That I mean, was in that the worst it. Way it was uh, quite frankly. I mean, and I'm not saying this in the sense that we were terrorists, but it was it was an act of it was an act designed to provoke terror. Mm-hmm. It was designed to let them know that we had the ability to hit Tokyo. Yeah, as were the the two atomic bombs that we dropped on Japan on civilian yeah. populations. And then we right. then which I mean, is, which is astonishing to think about. I mean, it's something we you know you can't imagine us doing now. Hundred thousand American citizens were uh, detained in indefinite detention camps. Well, they were detained indefinitely. I mean, you want to talk about indefinite detention? 100,000 Japanese-American citizens walled off in, in concentration camps without due process, I add. How you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of the idea that we, you know, especially through the Internet, we're allowed to question our government more. You know, we have more sort of uh, uh, formats, more forums, more resources to be able to do that. But can you imagine if the Huffington Post had existed during the FDR era? Can you imagine the comment section? Yeah, yeah. Imagine how insane that would be. I mean, FDR, arguably one of our greatest presidents, certainly a liberal lion, you know, in the history of the 20th century. Probably, I mean, as far as the most liberal presidents go, uh, he, it's like neck and neck between FDR and Barack Obama as to who's the most liberal president we've ever had. Uh, Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus. Well, illegal, completely illegal. Threatened to arrest Chief Justice. Killed 250,000 enemy combatants who happened to be born in the United States. But the distinction some of them make is that, and some of the, some on the, the Greenwald types on the left make, was that this is all on a battlefield. This is a, on a battlefield this happened. I don't think Dresden was a battlefield. 
I don't think Tokyo was a battlefield. Certainly not Hiroshima. Right. Well, that's yeah. You you can using that argument that that it was a battlefield will very easily stretch to well look you know what uh, an al-qaeda outpost a tiny al-qaeda outpost in yemen that that's guess what that's a battlefield well and what they've done in addition maybe not even an outpost these guys are sticking themselves deliberately in civilian populations of course they are yeah because it helps them even if they get taken out there's collateral damage and that fuels their cause that's why they're doing it you know, and I just I hate to be put in this position where I'm defending the war on terror. I'm not a fan of the war on terror. I, I will be a happy, happy man when it is over, when they say enough of this. The, you know, they repeal the AUMF and they just we go about our business. We can still go get the terrorists when we find a terrorist law through law enforcement and intelligence. But this whole idea of, of giving the president these extreme powers to be able to do basically anything he wants under the auspices of the, you know, the war on terror is just ridiculous now. It's been, you know, how many years? 12 years since 9-11. Right. Well, it's, it's a war that will never be won. No, that's exactly I mean, right. that's the problem with it. The problem with it is that it is indefinite. It, you know, because, again, we're not fighting an enemy. We're, we're fighting, uh, you know, we're fighting a methodology. Yeah. And, and you know, and if you think that, that we can terrorize the terrorists, that we can scare them into stopping, ask how well that's worked for Israel for the past God knows how long. That's right. Put them down, put them down, put them down, put them down, beat them down, hit them with far, hit them with air superiority, complete air superiority. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They'll just keep firing back because you're pissing them off. So there is that argument to be made, and I do understand it. Got to take a uh, quick break. We've got other stuff to talk. I didn't mean to talk about spend so much time on this, but uh, <laughs> we've got other things to discuss, namely Marco Rubio and some Yay. and a bit of audio that will infuriate you. Fox News audio back after this. genius bob and chez show all right uh so god i don't you know i don't even know where to start now, let me ask you i'm gonna i'm gonna make it your choice you can even decide what we talk about next well good it's like choose your own adventure yeah. i still love those we can talk about the state of the union stuff and marco rubio we can talk about uh, how you just you cannot bargain with the Republicans. No matter what you do, no matter what you give them, they will <laughs> screw you. We can talk about that. We can talk about uh, yeah. The, the the Hegel thing is just it, it's yeah. I, I mean seriously, I'm, every time I think I can't get to a point, well maybe maybe I'm answering a question right here um, about which one. Yeah. All right, I just got a text message from my girlfriend. Um, about which one I want to talk about, but yeah, the Hegel thing to me is I shouldn't be shocked anymore by something that, that the Republicans do. It shouldn't, you know, by their their naked, just unbelievable, you know, jaw-dropping obstructionism. I shouldn't be, that really shouldn't surprise me anymore. And yet the Hegel thing really does because it's, it's so, you know, the idea of filibustering a defense secretary nomination <laughs> and and a Republican defense secretary. That's I mean, just a, you, Obama it. can't make any decision at all that is not utterly opposed by the Republicans, utterly, tooth and nail. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, that's what that's the whole thing. Chuck Hagel is a Republican. Barack Obama has given them the second his second Republican uh, nominee for Department of Defense. And they're filibustering it. Yeah. I mean, and Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham is is, you know, pooping in his pants. And screaming Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. And it's something about- that I mean, something that has been a non-starter for them with the American public since almost day one. You know, no, actually, since day one, since before the flames stopped burning, and they they tried mm-hmm. to turn it into a political football. And it is over Benghazi. I mean, that's why they're blocking Hegel over yeah, Benghazi. Benghazi. What what the hell did Hegel even have to do with Benghazi? I haven't figured that one out yet. He had nothing to do. They just want more, you know, they, they want uh, they want a spectacle. They want more more information from Obama. What did exactly. he do? What, what did he know? Where was he that night? Oh, God. I mean, they just yeah, really. It's, it's, it's completely crazy. They are utterly clueless. They, they have such a short memory. Well, they have no memory beyond January 20th, 2009, before which there were 11 terrorist attacks on United States consulates where there were dozens of casualties, mm-hmm. deaths and woundings in the process. And there was none of this. None of this. This is one incident. And it's now, what, how, how many months are we from, uh, away from Benghazi? And it's still Benghazi Gate. These are mainstream Republicans insisting that there is a conspiracy. Right. You know. It's one and step. It's, and, and what bothers me the most is kind of like how you feel the, bad about defending, you know, sort of the war on terror. I feel bad about having to say that the death of a U.S. ambassador and three other people is no big deal mm-hmm. because it isn't in the great scheme of things. What our, you know, our, what our country has faced overseas, what our men and women who serve as diplomats, who serve as soldiers and you know, the, the crap that they've gotten from the places where we choose to try to engage in, you know, uh, diplomacy in one form or another, depending on how you want to look at it. The crap that those people regularly go through, this is honestly, th- this really wasn't all that surprising. And it really wasn't no. all that, I hate to say it, it, there was nothing really controversial about it. No, no there really wasn't. There really wasn't. But so then they have to invent something. They have to, they have to say that mm-hmm. Chris Stevens was smuggling arms to al-Qaeda in Syria. Yeah. You know, well, not specifically al-Qaeda. Conspiracy but, but theorists. That's what, that's what they got. Conspiracy theories. Yeah. It's Alex Jones land. It really, really is. It really is. And that's what, I mean, they are so in it that they were using that conspiracy as a line of questioning in the hearings, uh, uh, the Benghazi hearings with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so ridiculous. Zerlina Maxwell did a great post, by the way, examining how Hillary was reacting to the mansplaining that was going on in those hearings mm-hmm. and just not having any of it. Just great. I love that post. Uh, but that's it. So, so, you know, no matter what you do, there's, they're gonna, you can give them a, a political enemy or you can give them a friend and it doesn't matter. They're always going to block you. No matter what you give them, no matter how you negotiate. Right. You know, and here it, we just, are. it just keeps coming back to it again and again and again, that the only thing you can be sure of with the Republicans is that they're completely predictable in that they will they will always say no to Obama, no matter what it is, no matter what. It doesn't matter. That's right. The answer is always going to be no. And, you know, that 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 uh, 
post that I put up yesterday for the Daily Banter, um, which took a look at the at, at poor Sally Cohn's, um uh, her post over at Fox News. And of course, she's like the resident liberal at foxnews.com. Mm. I, I mean, and she's ferocious too, which is great. But the comments that, that you know, the Fox faithful left, and it's just you realize that, that they're, they're completely deluded. You know, they just, they make, the, the reason that they're so against Obama is because what we've been saying for a long time, they have this fictitious idea of what Obama is. Mm. You know, it's the invisible chair thing. They, are, they, they hate him for reasons that are completely insane. Yeah. If you have issues with policy over this or that, fine, terrific. If you are seriously pulling stuff out of your ass as a reason to hate him, you're nuts. Mm-hmm. And well, you don't deserve to be taken seriously. And as I was saying before the break, <laughs> I'm starting to see some of that on the left, too. Well, it's not starting, but, you know, I'm hearing yeah. about it more recently than maybe ever before. Because of that white paper that was released. Jesus. Staggering. Staggering, you people. <laughs> right. You know, the other thing is about the white paper is I maybe this is t- terrible of me and and in some ways it's it's i know people will think it's naive of me to uh to not care but it certainly isn't naive of me to to you know appreciate this for what it is which is i just have a natural belief that at any point you know any point of the day or night my government is probably doing something that i really wouldn't approve of that's right and and there's a part and you know and there's a part of me that's just like look uh, it's that thing that I've said here and I've written about so many times I have a limited amount of outrage because if you have too much outrage over every single freaking injustice you lose the ability to function mm-hmm. and I have a limited amount of outrage so you know what when I got to pay my bills and pay my rent and take care of this and do that and I can get upset about this thing I'm watching on TV and I can get upset about this piece of news but yeah you know what if you hit me with you guess what the government is doing that you know they're doing this after a while I'm just like well, look, man, I can't be pissed about everything. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're a writer, too, you don't want to, you know, you got to kind of stick with your narrative. You got to stick with the things that you typically write about. Otherwise, your your blog is like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. They're all over the place. I used to like that, to, you know, to slight tangent here. I used to like that a lot better, though. I used to like writing about, and I, I try to now still, writing about more, one, more than one thing. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like, say, Glenn Greenwald. Because it's four topics, man, and he just harps on him and beats him, and he beats that dead horse again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's, let's talk about the uh, State of the Union a little bit here. Uh, you know, the, the president's speech I thought was uh, fantastic. Because, I'm, because yeah. I'm an Obama bot, and all I you do, are. I'm just a big old disciple of the president. That's what I am. <laughs> or at least that, that's what you would be led to believe if you read the comment section of the Huffington Post. You know, I mean, you know what? F off, people. I am just like, I, you know what I am? I, I just, I, I crave the truth and reality. And if I see the reality is being misappropriated or completely ignored... Nothing pisses me off more. Nothing. You know, and I'll criticize the president when he deserves to be criticized, and I'll say he's doing a good job when he does a good job. Uh, you know, certainly I have a liberal bias on things, but I, I think my, um, my bias towards reality is stronger than my bias towards liberalism. I would hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, there's just there's not enough of that. There's not enough of that. We're just it's too easy to scream baby killer. Now see, I'm going back to the other thing. 
but you know, I, it's, I it obviously pisses you it, off. It really does. Yes, it really does because right. it is. I mean, you know, dude, you, dude, a long time ago, you know, when I used to write for uh, when when Drew from Fark from Fark dot com would link me, he would always tell me the same thing: don't read the comments of the Farkers. <laughs> and you know what? You don't read the comments from you know you don't uh, read the comments in HuffPo. I mean, I'll do it like I said, I'll do it once in a while to make fun of it because I think it makes for easy copy. Yeah. You know, two days later to post to look, look at what these people are saying. And, you know, everybody hates chess. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, don't don't let it get to you. It's you're never going to sway. Oh, no, no, everybody no, 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 no. And- Go- going back to what I said before, doesn't it's not specific to the Huffington Post. It's all over the place. And it's just it's a point of view that is generally just grating. Right. And it's and it's noise, and that's the yeah. problem. That's the argument that I've been making a lot, and you know I've written about this on more than one occasion lately. It's we there's so much media now that that it's just noise. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just screaming. Yeah, of course, and nobody's listening. <sighs> We're gonna take uh, one more break and uh, and completely change the subject right after this. Okie dokie. Show's brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. Pure products, pure genius, Bubble Genius. It's all vegan, made by women, independent and liberal. These are the kinds of businesses you want to support. Because because it makes you feel good that you're doing it, that you're not contributing to some massive uh, multinational corporation. Like some of those places that you see in those big strip malls that they have now. This is real stuff, and it actually is really, really good. It's the the kind of stuff that you only really get from people who make it themselves. I mean, this is a a two-person operation, and they they literally do all of this stuff by themselves. No, uh, you know, all kinds of extra employees running around and, you know, big warehouses and all that. This is... uh, Privately done and uh, and really really well done. Here's the latest word from Bubble Genius. Sick of the perpetual election cycle? Tell these politicians to f off with the Bubble Genius f off half off sale on all political stuff. Get a hope on a rope or a vote soap for half off. And f off to Mitt Romney, whose nope on a rope soap is being discontinued. And half off Secretary of Suds. Sorry to see you go, Hillary. Get them while supplies last. We're We're Bubble Bubble Genius and we definitely approve this message. BubbleGenius.com Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. If you uh, go to buy some stuff at BubbleGenius.com, make sure to enter your promo code upon checkout. That's Bob and Chez. Type that in there, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, and you get 15% off your entire order. How about them apples? By the way, you know, I, I still want to be on the NRA's enemies list. Oh, has that not happened yet? Yeah, well, not, not yet. I haven't been added. Well, that's too bad because, you know, if, if you were a tornado or a hurricane, you'd be on the list by now. <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously? It was crazy, uh, wasn't it? Uh, it's, it's one of the, again, it's uh, God bless <laughs> the writers at The Daily Show. Yeah. I don't know how they make this stuff. I mean, it, it's so it's so self-parodic and it's so completely ridiculous and like, you know, jaw dropping. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how they make it funny. I don't know how they don't just like how he doesn't just put his head down on his desk and, and just give up. That's right. Because I read that <laughs> that uh, 
manifesto from Wayne LaPierre. And yeah. it's, the, it's one of the seriously the craziest things I've ever read. It really is. It's complete. It, it's, it's the rantings of a paranoid mental patient. That's exactly right. But you know what? It works. That's the insane thing. It works. <laughs> I mean, people individually, uh, individual policy uh, positions on gun control, they like the things like assault weapons bans and extending uh, or banning extended magazines and, and background checks and things like that. Overwhelming numbers. But when it comes to who they trust on guns, the NRA more than Barack Obama. It's, re- it's unbelievable. And this is because Wayne LaPierre knows how to sandwich all this insanity into like bumper sticker, you know, slogans and things like that. I mean, this, I mean, that was that, that, that thing though, that, that insane thing that he wrote, that manifesto, honestly, that was what, if uh, he should have been standing on a box, you know, on a street corner somewhere shouting that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I loved it when, uh, he was going. He he did this whole section of the of this like three page screed about the fact that um, this whole the Second Amendment was designed not to protect us from government, but to intercede when government no longer exists. When there comes a time, and that time will come soon, the the government is no longer able to pay for police uh, police protection and law enforcement. What are we going to do? Well, we have to have our guns then, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, he genuinely, the reason why kids have to die is so that we're okay when, when we become Mad Max. That's right. When we become a post apocalyptic wasteland, which is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, there are hurricanes and tornadoes, and you got to have your firearms when those happen. Yeah. And, and, and your, your point was great about, I love the whole thing about Brooklyn. Yeah, about Brooklyn. how Brooklyn had descended into this escape from New York, you know, hellscape that Snake Plissken had to go into to get the president out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the crazies are coming up from the sewers. No, it didn't. No. I know people who live in Brooklyn. Was, I know what happened after Sandy. Yeah. And it, I mean, Brooklyn is full of hipsters now. It's yeah, not. It's completely for, mo- for the most part, certainly, you know, uh, a lot of it is, yeah, it's been gentrified. Not every part, certainly, but. Well, a considerable part. I mean, you think Brooklyn, you know, you're thinking hips. Well, Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's a really big place. But, yeah, every single, almost every neighborhood now in, in Brooklyn has, like, the little sort of enclave. Everything is up and coming. You know, everything is either there or up and coming. Right, right. I mean, you gotta, really got to read this thing because yeah, it he is. He has this, this vision of New York like it's 1984, like Travis Bickle is still cruising the streets. <laughs> and everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. They, I mean, but you know what? The, the strange thing about it, too, is that I thought all along that the Second Amendment was about protecting us from the government. But it's not. It's not, evidently. There's a new intention there. Because, I mean, that's, and that's what Wayne LaPierre says. So Lane, Wayne LaPierre is completely abandoning this one talking point. And I assure you, everyone will fall in line behind that. It's now going to be all about protecting us when the police aren't there anymore because of Obama. Yeah, because, because yeah, and it's again, you know, what he's playing on is that, that, God, I keep going back to saying insane because I can't think of another word. He keeps going back to that insane thing, that talking point that the right just eats up that Obama is the Antichrist and has brought the end times with him. Mm-hmm. 
that this is all because of Obama. You know, this is the sign of the end times, and this is why things have gotten as crazy as they are. Yeah, hurricanes, rioters, looters, tornadoes. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's I don't get it. I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding the power of an assault rifle, but if an assault rifle can hold back a tornado, hmm. well, damn it. I mean, and you know, and again, I say, I say this every single time. I am a gun owner, and I don't have an issue with you know with responsible gun owners. I have an issue with people. Uh, first of all, I, I, what I really want is background. I, I think that guns should be very, very difficult to get. That's you know, I'm I'm even even more so than the idea of like removing them from people's hands and and uh, um, uh, you know just uh, yeah, it's the, for me it's not just about banning certain things. It's about saying okay, look, there are certain things that you can have, but we're going to make it really really hard on you to get it. It's yeah. going to be you know, you've got a license to have a car. You're going to have to have licenses and registrations and all that crap because yep. this is a deadly mm-hmm. weapon. But the idea that there are people out there who this is. If you come to me and say, oh, yeah, you know what, I, I want, I'd like a, a gun for home protection, um, you know, because, you know, you never know. Maybe somebody breaks into my house. Who knows? I'll probably never need it. But, you know, or I, li- I like a gun for sport. I like a gun. You know, I go hunting, whatever. Fine. You know, that makes you sane. It does. But if you're somebody who your reason for wanting to have a gun is because you really believe tornadoes, zombies, hurricanes, that, you know, that we are going to deteriorate <laughs> into a hellscape <laughs> if you're a prepper. That's crazy. Yeah. You don't deserve to be taken seriously, and you do not deserve to be armed. No, no. You shouldn't be armed. You're in danger. And one of your board members certainly doesn't belong at the State of the Union, which we're going to talk about right after this. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Yeah, so uh, I know we're running short on time. That last segment went long, so apologies to the affiliates down the line. Uh, so, State of the Union address. Um, the president's speech was good. I, I was disheartened by the let's have a vote. They deserve a vote thing. I mean, it was a big emotional moment. Maybe one of the most emotional moments from any recent State of the Union address. But, I mean, the idea that we've already kind of given up. They've done mm-hmm. it. They've won. So let's just have a vote. Let's, it'll be symbolic. And that'll be it. It's, just, it's sad. It's sad to me. That they just, they I keep, they, you know, and, and it's going back to what we were talking about in the last segment. That whatever it is, that insanity, that, that, that. <laughs> That backwoods survivalist doomsday bunker insanity of the uh, of the gun zealots, you know, it's it. It's, it yeah. works. It wins. And then there was um, then there was Marco Rubio. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Good lord. I mean, you know, I was thinking as you know, I was thinking I was going to write my piece about Marco Rubio, and I ended up doing that. And I ended up focusing on what he was saying more than the uh, the cotton. I think that's. Thing. I'm glad you did that because yeah. while that was a great moment, I was watching it live, and I'm like, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> I mean, that was a, such a terrific moment. Um, yeah, I, it, it's. I was immediately terrified. I'm like, "Okay, that meme is going to overshadow the fact that what he's saying is, for the most part, crap." Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, I was actually writing my column about it. As he was doing it, so I was only listening to it, and then I heard this big gap of silence, and I said, "What just happened?" Hmm. 
And it was actually him taking that big chug of water did you, awkwardly. Did you hit reverse on your DVR? Yeah, I, I, I just I ended up catching it after the fact. So I went back in and put that, you know, the, the water joke in there because you can't overlook that. But still, I mean, what he was saying was crazy, was crazy. I mean, here's a great example. <laughs> the Daily Show pointed this out yesterday, too. Said uh, early in the speech, he says, more government isn't going to help you get ahead. It's going to hold you back. OK, so government bad. Then a couple paragraphs later. I owed over $100,000 in student loans, a debt I paid off just a few months ago. So he got his education from the government. Right. And then he said, one of these government programs, Medicare, is especially important to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't. God, you just can't pick and choose this crap. And besides, this was uh, this was, of course, uh, all about tokenism. It's, you know, it's he's got. A vowel at the end of his name, so therefore he's he's going to uh, be part of this Republican outreach to minority voters, Hispanic voters, but it's not going to work. David Pluff had a fantastic quote. This is like quote of the week, reacting to Marco Rubio and the, the tokenism that's going on there on the Republican side. Pluff said, let me tell you something. The Hispanic voters in Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico don't give a damn about Marco Rubio, the Tea Party Cuban-American from Florida. You know what? We won the Cuban vote, and it's because younger Cubans are behaving differently than their parents. It's probably my favorite stat of the whole campaign. So this notion that Marco Rubio is going to heal their problems, it's not even sophomoric. It's juvenile. And by the way, the bigger problem they've got with Latinos isn't immigration. It's their economic policies and health care. The group that supported the president's health care bill the most? Latinos. That's David Pluff. I think it's interesting, and this is something I was thinking about writing about, because having grown up in Miami, um, I think it's interesting how the Republicans in their tokenism believe that all Latinos are the same. That's right. There is a vast, vast difference between, say, Mexicans and Cubans. Mm -hmm. Vast in the way they think and certainly in the way they vote. Um, Yeah, you know, and, and... I'm, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, your average uh, Central American or, or uh, you know, certainly your, your, your average Mexican-American doesn't give a crap about Rubio being Cuban. That's Couldn't right. care less. Yeah. Absolutely could not care less. They're worlds apart. Well, the assumption in and of itself of the tokenism is racist. I mean, it really is. It, it, right. And it's, it also, exactly, yes. it's also misogynistic, too. You, you talk about uh, female candidates, uh, people potentially running for president in 2016 like Nikki Haley. This yeah. is all about, you know, this is about, well, these people are just so stupid that, that they'll just vote for anyone who kind of looks like them and has similar last names. Yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> it's Cuban, Cuban-Americans came into this country, certainly the ones that came after the fall of Castro, came in, you know, Cubans came to this country and became Cuban-Americans. Um, and we're instantly, if you live in Miami, you know this, we're instantly sort of given, you know, I won't say that everything was handed to them, but they were looked upon uh they were they they were looked upon favorably, yeah. You know they because they're fleeing persecution. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're exiles from their country and they're fleeing communist persecution. That's the most important thing because of course you know the United States hates communism. That's why the right has always embraced Cubans, and that's why Cubans for the most part have always embraced the right. So they're you know that's the bad fellow. The the funny thing is is that uh, Marco Rubio came into the Senate as the Tea Party candidate. I mean, he was a Tea Party guy, 
2010, the big Tea Party revolution, 2010, Republicans took back the uh, House of Representatives. In that election, Marco Rubio won because he embraced the Tea Party, and the Tea Party regarded him as, I'm not making this up, their crown prince. Marco Rubio was the crown prince of the racist batch Tea Party. Period. Okay. So now... Now that they need him for outreach, he's, he's no the longer... exception that proves the rule. <laughs> That's right. No longer Tea Party Marco Rubio. Now he's, I'm going to reach out to Hispanics Marco Rubio. Sure. Because he knows which side his bread is buttered on. He's a careerist, yeah. which, you know, I, by the way, I don't, that I don't actually don't hold against him. Mm-hmm. You know, all politicians are careerists. So, uh, you know, before we wrap up the show, I want to play this clip from Fox News Channel. And this, I just stumbled onto this uh, on Mediaite, in fact. Love Mediaite. I said, what, is, what is this? And, it, you know, it was, I, I saw, you know, the graphic was Sean Hannity and Mark, Le, Mark Levin. Yeah. Mark Levin. Levin. Mark Levin, who has like a Kermit the Frog voice. Levin. Big bootay. Big bootay. <laughs> If you get the if you get the reference, you win a prize. Yeah. Well, the the thing with this clip is that they're talking about the president saying in the State of the Union address that his programs will not add a dime, and he actually said dime will not add a dime to the deficit. I'm I'm over enunciating that because I want to be perfectly clear. If there's any Republicans listening in, the deficit. Now, mind you, it's not the debt. It is the deficit, which is different than the debt. But here's this clip in which Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, and and they play a a Republican commercial, commercial produced by the GOP, and, and, and they all lie. Tonight I'll lay out additional proposals that are fully paid for and fully consistent with the budget framework both parties agreed to just 18 months ago. Let me repeat, nothing I'm proposing tonight should increase our deficit by a single dime. Deficit, he says. Deficit. Ah, pretty amazing the president can say that with a straight face because according to the Treasury Department, since the day that he stepped in the Oval Office, the outstanding public debt has increased by over $5.8 trillion. And guess- See what he did there? See mm-hmm. what he did there? The president's talking yeah, because about... Because the- people are stupid and they don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. President specifically talking about the deficit, the federal budget deficit. And now Sean Hannity's talking about the debt. The graphic is, you know, it says U.S. debt, the graphic on screen. And then it shows the, you know, it actually, there's a big text thing that says $5.86 trillion or whatever it is. But they're two different things. And they're called different things. Just because they both start with D doesn't make them the same. One is spelled D-E-B-T. The other is spelled D-E-F-I-C-I-T. Right. But again, it's, you know, it's Fox News viewers being lied to and being uninformed. God, for the gazillionth time, the deficit is the annual difference between what the government spends and what it takes in in revenue. Okay. As of this year, under President Obama, the deficit will have been reduced by $555 billion. When he came into office, you know, the, the last Bush budget was 2009. 
That's how it works. The deficit for 2009 was $1.4 trillion. The deficit for 2013 will be, according to the CBO, a couple of weeks ago, $845 billion. That's a total deficit reduction. Reduction! I got to speak to these people like they're four-year-olds. $555 billion. That's how much the deficit has been reduced. And you know why the debt is higher? Because the debt is something different. The debt is a different number. Whenever there's a deficit, that deficit gets lumped onto the debt, you see. Look it up. Wikipedia it. Google it, Republicans. But these guys, these guys are assuming the Republican Party, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, all the rest of them. Google is actually a tool of the Obama administration. <laughs> That's right. Ah, I mean, you want to you talk about You can't trust Google. That's, oh, dude. Oh, my God. I just hit on it. What's that? Oh, crap. Should I even say this okay. like, publicly? Because somebody's going to steal our idea. <laughs> we should create a right-wing search engine. <laughs> That's right. That gives back like satirical results. Is that it? Kind of like, yeah, kind of like, you know, like kind of what Conservapedia does. Although I think I can't tell whether Conservapedia is real or not. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, some like a right wing search engine. Mm-hmm. Since, you know, since you know you can't trust Google because it's liberal. <laughs> yeah. Let's work on that. Let's work on that. Wait, wait, when you type in deficit, it comes back and gives you the definition for the debt. Sure. And vice versa. The Republicans, what they're doing is they're sabotaging Medicare, they have no interest in fixing it. All they're doing is making it worse and worse and worse to the point where people don't like it anymore, and then therefore they can replace it with their privatization plans or whatever, their voucher system, right? Marco Rubio voted for Paul Ryan's budget, including the Medicare voucher program. That's how much Marco Rubio loves Medicare. He also wants to privatize Social Security. That's what these guys are all about. They're not about, they have no interest in fixing anything. The, the, especially this, you know, these social programs. They just want to, they, they, it's just like death by a thousand cuts. We're just going to whittle it away. That's what they're doing on abortion. They're making it more and more difficult for women to have abortions. They're not banning it. They're just making it impossible. By defunding it and all the rest. But uh, when, they, and when they, you know, no wonder they've got, you know, support from... All of these uh, Fox News viewers, because they're being fed nonsense, nonsense. The entire Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Fox News thing was based on nonsense. It's based on not understanding what the president was saying and then deliberately lying about it. Saying that he was talking about the debt when he was, in fact, talking about the deficit. Idiots. Idiots. They're all idiots. <laughs> they're just idiots. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, by idiots, I mean deliberate liars, you know, because I think some of them are very, very smart. Well, you know, they're smart enough to put together these little tricks, you know, to trick their idiot disciples. <laughs> yeah. And so what they, you know, and I'm not going to play the rest of it because it's actually really, really pissing me off. But what, what Hannity ends up doing is he ends up playing a clip of this um, Republican Party ad that was released in response to the State of the Union. And it was a super edit of, or super cut, whatever you call it, one of the super edits of all of the different times that the president says, uh, my programs will not add a dime to the deficit. And at the very end, they do the trick with the debt. 
and they say the debt because the debt has gone up. The slowest of any uh, modern president, the deficit, the debt has increased at the slowest rate. But that doesn't matter. That's all detail. <laughs> what matters? He's a big spender. At least that's a right. Marxist. Yeah, <laughs> and a Marxist socialist. Kenyan. All right, so. We didn't get to a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, so we're going to bump all that over to the uh, after party. That'll be tomorrow at noon Eastern, during which time I'll be right smack in the middle of my move. If you want to hear all about my move, you have to subscribe to the after party. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. As we're moving into a new place tomorrow. so. But the after party will, in fact, happen at its normal time, noon Eastern on Fridays. How are you going to do that? It's radio magic. It's, it really, really is. It will blow your mind. The technology is amazing. So, coming up on the after party tomorrow, we're going to talk about the latest uh, Hillary Clinton rumor. Uh, we're going to... Oh, we're going to play... Uh, there's one clip from the uh, Republican response to the State of the Union, the Marco Rubio thing that I want to play. We didn't get to this time on this show. Uh, we're also gonna we're also gonna talk about the uh, the breakup of the Republican Party, and most of Congress thinks the internet is a series of tubes. So that's tomorrow in the after party. Plus, all kinds of other fun you know fun after party stuff. STDs. We're gonna talk about that. I've got some great audio. <laughs> I'm not not STDs. Not like we're not gonna talk about our STDs because. Speaking for myself, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have STDs. But I'm not are... ready to talk about mine yet. <laughs> there's a news story having to do with STDs. <laughs> uh, a little bit of fast food stuff. Um, oh, God, lots of fun stuff coming up in the after party. That's tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.